It's time for Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the best place to go to get all your fantasy football news, analysis, and advice to dominate your league. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Getting into the week three, I just got to say, this was a horrible week. Predicting it, who to play, fantasy football-wise, like just the whole thing was a mess. But outside of that, it was really entertaining. I enjoyed the games. Yeah, they you know didn't go the way I wanted them to or how I thought they would go. But uh, I thought it was really fun. And there's a lot of really bad performances, to be sure. But then there was also a lot of great performances. Uh, that Panthers-Texans game kind of went how we thought it would. McCaffrey getting hurt was a big blow. But the uh, Panthers covered, and you know the Texans weren't able to move the ball under Davis Mills. And it's, it's something that, uh, yeah, there was no surprises there. Colts-Titans game. Titans, you know, really are showing why they're the class of the AFC South. Really not a lot of competition there. The Colts dropping 0-3. They're really digging themselves a big hole. Carson Wentz isn't getting it done. That offense just looks really bad. Jonathan Taylor's not getting it done. Uh, the, the, the Titans are definitely, you know, they're, they're going to start running away with it. Now, I spoke so highly of Daniel Jones last week and said, oh, you need to start him, put him in my fan duel. Like I said, this was the real Daniel Jones. He was going to step it up this week and... Man, he didn't have the game I thought he was going to have. The Giants lost to the Falcons at home. Giants scored a measly 14 points. I don't want to talk about it. Giants are 0-3. I, man, I'm never, I'm never trusting Daniel Jones after a good game again. Uh, You know, I thought he was going to turn the corner. That's all I gotta say about this game. Saquon Barkley looked good though. You do, you know, if you're a Saquon Barkley owner, you gotta feel pretty encouraged. But uh, yeah, I didn't think the Falcons would win a game this year with how bad they've been playing. But here we are, week three. They win their first game. Chargers beat the Chiefs. This was a big surprise. Justin Herbert going in there and just doing Justin Herbert things. It was great. Uh, Patrick Mahomes being pretty frustrated. Andy Reid was so disappointed he went to the hospital with health problems. So hopefully he's okay. But, man, Chiefs in a one and two hole is, you know, it's it's crazy to think about because they just look like a hard team to beat. And, you know, they've been able to get beat two weeks in a row. Bengals Steelers. This, again, not the same old Bengals. This is the second game in a row they beat the Steelers. Steelers aren't able to do anything. Roethlisberger looked bad. His receivers were dropping everything. They couldn't block for him. They couldn't run the ball. Now, if you would have told me the Steelers were going to be one and two after beating the Bills the first week of the season, I wouldn't have believed it. Just uh, what happened to the Steelers? Roethlisberger looks done, but I don't think he looks done because uh, uh, you know I don't think he has a lot of help around him. You know, like I said, that line's not blocking. Receivers are dropping passes. But Roethlisberger just can't hit the middle of the field, and that's what concerns me. You know, it makes the defense really, really easy. 
uh, when you don't have to cover that middle of the field because uh, the quarterback can't get it there. So it's going to be, you know, Steelers have a lot of work ahead of them on offense. We'll see if they're able to to get there. But so far, it doesn't look like it, and it's looking like a long season. Browns, Bears, Justin Fields played. He looked horrible. I, it was encouraging that he didn't turn the ball over, but he looked really bad. Uh, it was his first game. Matt Nagy needs to do better with the play calling. I, I still have faith in Justin Fields, but uh, this wasn't a good start for him by any means. Browns are two and one, pr- pretty much leading the division. Well, with the Bengals, you know who would have thought Cleveland and the the well, everyone thought Cleveland, but who would have thought the Bengals would be up there with them? Ravens. That game was crazy. Looked like the Lions were going to get you know their first win of the season. It was going to be a big quality victory, and then Justin Tucker happened, sixty-five yards, bank or boinks right off the goalpost, right over the goalpost, victory. So that was really exciting, and Justin Tucker was just money. I mean, it could be like a hundred-yard field goal, and they're like, send him out there, he'll make it, and he probably will because he doesn't miss when the game's on the line. Saints Patriots. This game was. Kind of how I thought it would. Actually, it was a little more high scoring than I thought by the Saints, but uh, Mac Jones played bad. Saints didn't play great, but uh, enough to beat them. And pretty overall, just a, a blah type of game. Cardinals beat the Jaguars. Jaguars represented a little bit better than I thought. They got 19 points, only losing by, what, 12? Uh, Cardinals, they remain undefeated, and I really like that offense. Uh, and... James Conner looked decent. I mean, Kyler Murray didn't do as well as we thought, but that's just because James Conner was able to snag a couple rushing touchdowns. And you got to be concerned if you're Chase Edmonds' owner because he's getting most of the work, but Conner's getting those touchdowns, and those are where the points are. The points are in the touchdowns. So, But anyways, Cardinals are undefeated. Jaguars are defeated. And uh, we'll see how they, they, you know, the Jaguars play coming into Thursday night. Washington football team in the Bills. Bills dominated. Washington didn't. Bills were really upset, I guess, that they lost that first game of the season because these last two games have just been on fire and destroying everyone in their path. Broncos-Jets game, pretty much how we called it. Zach Wilson was playing quarterback, so that explains everything. I just, did, I thought the, deep, the Broncos defense would just dominate from front to finish, and they did. Not much to say here. Wilson had like two interceptions, got sacked five times. Just a horrible performance. Raiders beat the Dolphins in overtime on a Carlson field goal. That game was entertaining, and I'm all about Jacoby Brissett. He just makes the Dolphins' offense proficient, especially against this Raiders' defense that was looking pretty good prior to this game. And I... Even if Tua does come back, I just think it's a matter of time before Jacoby Brissett's the guy for the Dolphins this season. Vikings surprisingly beat the Seahawks. I thought the Seahawks were definitely going to walk away with this one easily, and the Vikings really kind of turned the tables. Seahawks didn't look good at all the whole game. Vikings had an early lead. Kirk Cousins just dominated, threw it all over that Seahawk defense. Touchdown to Jefferson, touchdown to Thielen. Touchdown to everyone. Jack Conklin. Everyone was catching touchdowns for the Vikings. 
So that was a good victory by them. Rams, you know, beating the Buccaneers. I thought they would with that defense. And that's what I thought the defense or the difference would have been was the Rams had a better defense. The Buccaneers didn't have as good of a defense, at least in the secondary. And the Rams were able to take advantage of that. Then the Sunday night game, the Packers creeping by the 49ers on a last-second Mason Crosby field goal. Got to like what you see there. Packers, uh, you know, started off with that horrible week one performance and hasn't really looked back. They've looked uh, two weeks in a row now, looked pretty good. And then the Cowboys just annihilating the Eagles today. It was, I don't know what the Eagles were doing, but Cowboys defense looked a lot faster and were able to bottle up the Eagles and Eagles couldn't stop the Cowboys in this one. So that uh, pretty much is our, our recap on this one. Dak Prescott looked pretty good. Ezekiel Elliott gets two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts didn't look as good, but was able to get a garbage time touchdown late to at least make his uh, his day reasonable if you had him as your starting quarterback this week. So breaking news-wise, I mean, what can we say? Wide receiver Josh Gordon was reinstated. He's going to be joining the Chiefs practice squad. And I just think it's a matter of time for him to join the regular season roster. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, the Chiefs need some help, I think, at receiver especially. McCole Hardman's not doing much. Pringle, Robinson, they're just pieces. So there's really good opportunity for Josh Gordon in this one. Uh, K.J. Hamler, Broncos receiver. Towards ACL, he's out for the year. And that's disappointing because we really like this Broncos receiving core. Now Judy's out for a while. Hamler's out for the season. There's no way they're going into the next game with Deontay Spencer as their third receiver. They, they're they going to sign someone off the street, and it's looking like it might be more the uh, receiver from the Seahawks might be uh, signed by the Broncos. It needs to be somebody because th- whoever gets signed is going to be part of that offense uh, just because, again, Deontay Spencer is not going to be a receiver. He's a good return guy, but uh, you don't want him as one of your starters. So it's definitely a move worth watching, and it might be fantasy relevant, uh, especially if Judy's going to be out for, what, another three or four weeks. And trade, the big trade that happened was Dan Arnold is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. C.J. Henderson, the cornerback for the Jaguars, is going to the Panthers. I like the trade. C.J. Henderson was underwhelming for the Jaguars. and I don't know if it's coaching, scheme, or what, but he needed to change the scenery. And I think he can have uh, somewhat of a rebirth with the Panthers. Panthers were giving up Dan Arnold, a tight end they weren't using very much anyway, so the risk was worth it. Jaguars like to use the tight end. They really haven't had one since uh, for a while now. Tyler Eifert, they got him towards the end when he was just brittle and uh, not anywhere near his former self when he played for the Bengals. So uh, maybe they'll be able to use Dan Arnold a little bit better than the Panthers were able to. All in all, I like the trade. Blake Martinez, Giants linebacker. Got hurt towards ACL. He's out for the year. Really disappointing. He was a tackling machine. Giants really needed him. And now he's lost. So, 
kind of adds salt to the wound of their 0-3 season for sure. But uh, on the same note, he wasn't going to save their 0-3 season by any means. KJ Hamler towards ACL, he's out for the year. That's a bad move. You know, we're going to have to see what happens with that. Uh, Jerry Judy's already out for a significant amount of time. With Hamler being out for the season, Deontay Spencer stepped in. He's definitely not a number one or not even a top three receiver. He's a good return guy, but if you're using him in your offense, that's bad news. So look for the Broncos to hi- uh, to hire, <laughs> to sign a wide receiver this week. And potentially you might have to be a plug-and-play and learn the offense really quick because, again, you can't play Spencer, so you don't have anyone else on your roster unless you bring up you know, Kendall Hinton from the practice squad or something. So definitely expect a move. We'll see uh, what type of player they get. And it should be interesting. And he might have some fantasy football relevance if he's going to be uh, one of those top three guys. Scotty Miller has a pretty severe case of turf toe. It shouldn't matter, though. Antonio Brown should be back, so that three-headed monster will be intact. Juju Smith-Schuster injured his ribs. I think he still plays. If not, James Washington has some value, but I I don't think that's going to be the case. Smith-Schuster will be out there. He's, he's a tough guy. Um... Justin Fields' x-ray on his hand came back negative, so we'll see if he goes with Andy Dalton, Justin Fields. I mean, Matt Nagy has, you know, a lot of options. Nick Foles, none of them are playing well. We haven't seen Foles, so uh, we'll see what his decision is. But I'd just stick with Fields if I were him, especially in this situation. So with Christian McCaffrey being hurt, uh, he's not going to be placed on injured reserve. That's significant because they're probably just going to roll with Chubba Hubbard and Royce Freeman. I think Royce Freeman has some pickup value. Uh, Chubba Hubbard might not be the, you know, the every down back that McCaffrey is. So that could definitely lead to some sneaky uh, points and opportunities for Royce Freeman. Elijah Moore has a concussion. Tyler Croft is day-to-day with a chest injury. Both bad news for the Jets. If their offense didn't look bad enough against the Broncos they're not back it's going to look even worse uh this man this new york jets team is just they're they're crashing crashing and burning and daryl henderson's going to be back with his ribs that's good news daryl henderson's the best running back the rams have at this point and uh you know sony michelle didn't do a horrible job filling in but it's it's time for daryl henderson to get back there so that's uh, really that's really it. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders waived running back Trey Ragus. They'll probably go back to the practice squad. I really like him. I think he's a good running back. So a lot of potential. We'll see uh, how that pans out. So that really does it for our breaking news. And uh, let's get right into the uh, goats of the week, shall we? The Burke and Miz Goats of the Week. Here we go. We had a lot of decent quarterback performances this week that uh, should make our goats list, but we can only pick three, so I'm going with uh, these three. And at number three is Justin Herbert, Los Angeles Chargers quarterback at the Kansas City Chiefs. 
he just rolled into Kansas City and acted like he owned Arrowhead Stadium. 26-38, 281 yards and four touchdowns. Rushed the ball four times for 16 yards. Great performance against a really talented Kansas City Chiefs team. And, you, you know, Kansas City Chiefs are reeling now after this loss, and Chargers are sitting pretty. I mean, they're still third place in their division, based, you know, with the Raiders and Broncos being uh, undefeated. But really like uh, Herbert and the Chargers' chances of uh, having a great season and really making some noise. Uh, they're just a really talented team. Number two, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback. First Washington football team. Washington football team, I don't know what happened to you, but you're not the defense that I thought you were going to be. I already talked about it ad nauseum, so I'm not going to get into it again. But Josh Allen was 32 of 43 for 358 yards, four touchdowns, and then had another one on the ground for four for nine, another touchdown. So Bills, after that first week stinker against the Steelers, these last two weeks, they've just looked like world beaters and the best team in the AFC. So uh, this is the you know, the Buffalo Bills team that we thought we were going to get from the get-go. So it's, you know, Bills are definitely the favorite. Number one, Matthew Stafford, Los Angeles Rams quarterback versus the Buccaneers. And has there been a better offense than this Rams offense? I mean, they just got weapons galore. Deshaun Jackson got into the act uh, with a touchdown, a really long touchdown. And uh, his his uh, average per reception is just ridiculous. But uh, Cooper Cup is, you know, just having a monster season. Bobby Trees, not having the monster season, but it's early. But still, you know, if you have Bobby Trees, you're a little disappointed. Thought he'd be uh, getting a little more uh, more targets than he has. But it doesn't matter. I mean, the Rams have a great offense. So if you don't need him, then, you know, why is it necessary that you get him the ball if you don't need to? Uh, he was 27 for 38 for 343 yards. Four touchdowns, and this was against a very good Bucks team that's won like 10 in a row. Didn't look like they can be beat, and they were favored to win going into Los Angeles. Now, I didn't see that. I obviously picked the Rams to win, and uh, but, you know, Stafford did this against a very good Buccaneers uh, team and, and good defense. I just, you know, that Buccaneers secondary is suspect, and I think that's their only weak point, and that's the only thing that's going to keep them from you know, going or getting to that next level uh, this season. Running back, Goats of the Week, James Robinson, Jaguars running back versus the Cardinals. Now, this is the James Robinson we were hoping we'd get at the beginning of the season with Travis Etienne being injured. Uh, 15 carries for 88 yards and a touchdown, and then caught all six of his targets for 46 yards. It's a really efficient day for James Robinson, and I'm really hoping they're going to start Using James Robinson more, kind of, you know, taking away some of those carries from Carlos Hyde because James Robinson's the more talented back right now. Carlos Hyde is, you know, skating towards the end of his career, and I, I get that Carlos Hyde isn't ancient like a Frank Gore type, but uh, James Robinson definitely should be getting more carries in, in this offense because the Jaguars don't have a lot of weapons, and he is definitely one of them. Number two, Peyton Barber for the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Dolphins. And he finally had the first efficient running back day for the Raiders. You know, they had Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs. None of them have really been, you know, Jacobs has been hurt. Kenyon Drake hasn't really been special. Peyton Barber came in there and he looked 
great, and I, I would keep giving him the ball more than I would Drake or Jacobs at this point. But 23 carries, 111 yards, one TD, five targets for you know th- three receptions, 31 yards, and just you know you really got again you really got to like what you saw from Peyton Barber, and it kind of came out of nowhere. You knew that John Gruden spoke highly of him and wanted to use him. But you were wondering if he was going to and how that you know what that would look like. Well, we got our answer, and he yeah, he was really the bell cow in this game. Number one, and this is surprising just because you figured it might be Nick Chubb. It wasn't. It was Kareem Hunt. Cleveland Browns running back versus the Chargers. He was targeted seven times, which is ridiculous for a running back. Six receptions, 74 yards. And then he only carried the ball 10 times, but had 81 yards. So that's a ridiculous 8.1 yards per carry. The touchdown and the, I don't know, the, the Browns just, they really took it to the Bears this week. So I don't, we don't need to talk about the Bears day. The Browns just annihilated Justin Fields in that Bears uh, offense. And Browns were you know, they had the ball a lot because the Bears couldn't stay on the field offensively. So that defense of the Bears got really tired, and Kareem Hunt was able to take advantage of that as our number one go to the week. Wide receiver, number three, is Emmanuel Sanders, the Buffalo Bills wide receiver versus the Washington football team. So, you know, Josh Allen had a big day. Who was the recipient of that big day? It was Emmanuel Sanders. Six targets, five catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, I think a lot of people, if they had Emmanuel Sanders on their fantasy football team, gave up on him and dropped him. So he'd be a nice pickup about now. Uh, I mean, Beasley was involved a lot. Stephon Diggs hasn't been involved as much as what I was thinking he would be. But, I mean, obviously it's still early. Uh, But this was Emmanuel Sanders kind of breaking out party with the Bills. And, again, good day. Got to like what you saw from, you know, from him. Number two, Cooper Cup, Los Angeles Rams wide receiver. He just has it with Stafford. Like, that relationship they have, he is just like a one-man wrecking crew offensively for the Rams right now. You know, versus the Buccaneers, 12 targets, 9 catches, 96 yards, 2 touchdowns. It, it's just uh, Cooper Cup week after week. He's getting like two touchdowns a game, just insane numbers, and I don't see it slowing down. This Rams offense is just great. You know, now that McVay has a quarterback that he trusts and that can do some things, you're really seeing this Rams offense open up and looking like you thought they should have looked uh, under Goff. So, and then number one, we've kind of already talked about it. Mike Williams, wide receiver, Los Angeles Chargers at the Chiefs. Nine targets, seven catches, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. And no one is hotter and doing better right now than Mike Williams. If you have him on your fantasy team, great. You know, he was a steal. This is kind of his breakout year. He looks like the stud in the making. With him and Keenan Allen at both spots, this is going to be a dangerous Chargers offense for sure, especially with Eckler being that uh, running back that uh, is also a good receiver. Tight end, number three, Mark Andrews at the Lions. Targeted seven times, had five catches for 109 yards. Didn't score. This was actually a really kind of bad week for tight ends in general. But uh, Andrews, you you really got to like the volume. He had a great matchup, took advantage of it. And, yeah, you like to see that. Number two, Travis Kels. 
he's here every single week, and I put him at number two because he was targeted 11 times. 11. This was all in a losing effort, and he only had seven catches for 104 yards with those 11 targets. No touchdowns. That's kind of the difference. I think when Kel scores, Kansas City Chiefs, you know, I, they would win that game. They didn't incorporate Kels enough, even though he had 11 targets. And uh, ended up uh, losing the game in this one. But, uh, I mean, just to have a tight end that gets this many receptions and uh, targets and yards, like, week in and week out is just, it's not even fair. It's not, a, you know, if you have him on your team, it's not fair. Number one, however, is Tyler Conklin, Minnesota Vikings. You thought, hey, are they going to use Chris Hernan finally? Is he going to have a good week? Because this is a great matchup for tight ends. But uh, it was Tyler Conklin. He was targeted eight times, had seven catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. We'll get more into Tyler Conklin later, but number one go to the week. Really great uh, week. Number one performance at tight end. But I think in general it just kind of says how bad the performances were by tight ends this week that the number one just really got 70 yards and a touchdown. Uh, we expect more from that, you know, from you tight ends, and I thought this was going to be a year where they were incorporated more. And uh, so far, hasn't been the case. Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban, Ghosts of the Week. Let's get this started. Ghosts of the Week. And I feel like there's a lot of candidates this week. We had a lot of bad performances. But uh, this is going to be kind of easy, and I don't think it's going to surprise anybody who our Ghosts are. But number three is Mac Jones, Patriots QB. First, the Saints, you know, 30 for 51, 270 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. He was sacked twice. You know, he was at home. So I was expecting kind of bigger things from him, uh, you know, even though the Saints are kind of a tough matchup. But uh, he had that one touchdown to Kendrick Bourne, and, and Bourne had a great day, but Mac Jones did not, and he's our number three ghost. I think if he had more of an efficient game, they might have been able to beat the Saints. But uh, the Saints came into New England and punked the Patriots this week. Number two was Zach Wilson for the Jets. I mean, this is goes without saying. I didn't think he was going to have a great game against this Broncos defense at mile high. He didn't. He was 19 for 35 for 160 yards through two interceptions. Didn't have any touchdowns and uh, only ran once for two yards. Was sacked five times. So, I mean, the Broncos were just were able to do whatever they wanted on defense. Zach Wilson was hitting a lot of, well, I shouldn't say hitting. He was missing a lot of open targets. It just felt like, you know, guys were getting open and Zach Wilson wasn't hitting them. Uh, just overall really bad performance. And, and after week one, you're like, well, there might be some potential here. But these last two weeks, I kind of think you're seeing what Zach Wilson, uh, you know, unless someone's able to develop him and, uh, you know, this is kind of what you're seeing is a guy that's not able to necessarily run an NFL offense and uh, is not able to throw guys open and really needs a big window to uh, hit open receivers. Number one is Justin Fields for the Chicago Bears. And it pains me to say this because I was all on the Justin Fields bandwagon. Really felt like he was going to take over this offense and at least uh, be more of a weapon than Andy Dalton. Uh, but the Browns just... I don't know. They just tortured him. And I feel kind of bad because I really 
kind of see the talent there still. Like he's able to run around, make plays, and I just think Nate, uh, Nagy is, you know, uh, kind of a quarterback killer at this point. He had Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky had a decent first season and then just went into the tank. He you know, needs to develop another top quarterback in Justin Fields, and it doesn't look like he's able to do that. And I get this is Justin Fields' first start, so I'm not going to go, you know, jump, <laughs> jump the shark on this. You know, we'll give it time and see how it unfolds, but not a promising start for Justin Fields. Six for 20, 68 yards, and then he rushed three times for 12, but sacked nine times, which is insane. <laughs> nine times. Uh, man, if you're a Bears fan right now, you've got to be pretty uh, upset about how the season's going so far. Running back, number one running back. Well, I should say number three running back for Ghosts of the Week is Ronald Jones, Buccaneers. He just he was on here last week. He's on here again. I mean, five carries, 11 yards, not getting it done. I actually see his time probably diminishing. You know, Sony, uh, sorry, uh, Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, they're going to split carries and, and probably get more of a workload. They're going to start phasing Ronald Jones out because he just doesn't look like uh, – He's not hitting open holes. He doesn't have a burst. He fumbled. Uh, not you know. And, and Bruce Arians isn't the type of guy to be patient with that. Number two is Damian Harris for the Patriots versus the Saints. Saints have a really good run defense, so this was kind of a tough matchup. But six rushes, 14 yards, and caught both of his targets, but for minus three. So when you get 11 yards total, it's not a good day, especially if you're supposed to be the workhorse back. And then our number one. It's Philip Lindsay for the Texans on that Thursday night game against the Panthers. And I put him there because he rushed seven times for five yards. So he had more rushes than he had yards. And, I, you know, it's like a three-headed backfield with David Johnson and Mark Ingram. But still, I thought Philip Lindsay might be able to do a little bit in this game and, and be relevant. And he wasn't, so he's our number one ghost of the week. At wide receiver... A.J. Brown, Tennessee Titans versus the Colts. I, you know, Colts have a decent defense. Their offense is horrible. But uh, he was targeted twice, had no receptions, zero yards, had one rush for three yards. So throughout the whole game, he had three total yards. So can't like what you see from that. Number two is Darius Slayton versus the Falcons. Darius Slayton obviously was injured a little bit, so that wasn't anything uh, that was necessarily his fault, I guess. But that Giants def- or offense looked horrible. I was all on Daniel Jones saying, oh, you need to start Daniel Jones and Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton's going to have a good game. And none of them had a good game at all. Uh, versus the Falcons, he had one target, one catch, eight yards. And you're looking at uh, Slayton and Shepard both being injured. So... I'm not, uh, I don't know what happened to the Giants in this game. You know, I've already talked about it in the recap. Falcons came in there and actually was able to steal a victory, I I think. And then the number one was Robbie Anderson, Carolina Panthers. Like, is he even out there playing? Is he even part of this offense? It doesn't seem like it, and he doesn't seem to be targeted by Sam Darnold. He's looked kind of bad. Robbie Anderson... had two targets, had one catch for eight yards. And I thought this might be his breakout game where they were going to start to use him more and and try to get some big plays out of him. 
he signed that big contract. He figured that might help with him being relevant, and he hasn't been. And at, at this point, it's kind of be you know it's kind of concerning. If you have him on your fantasy team, you expected more than what you're getting from him. So I'm obviously not cutting bait with him just yet. But I'm gonna I'm getting close, and I'm giving it a couple more weeks, or maybe just this week. And uh, if he's not going to do anything, he might be a candidate that I'm looking to drop at this point. Tight end, number three tight end, Robert Tanyan against the 49ers. 49ers hasn't, they haven't done very well against the tight end this year. So there looked like Robert Tanyan might have a, a big game on Sunday night. But he had one target for, you know, one catch, six yards. It, uh, it was the Packers night for sure but it sure wasn't Robert Tanyan's night. Number two, Janu Smith for the New England Patriots versus the Saints. You know, Mac Jones didn't have a great game. Janu Smith was targeted six times. So you'd be like, all right, six times for a tight end, great. One catch, four yards. Now this can't keep happening. I, I like Janu Smith coming into it, especially with you know him and Hunter Henry. I figured the Patriots would try to attack with having two tight ends. But uh, And it seemed like that's what they were trying to do against the Saints. But when you get six, targeted six times, you need to have more than one catch. And I'm not saying that's Johnny's fault necessarily, but that uh, definitely makes it look like a pathetic stat line. And uh, he's not our number two. But then our number one happens to be a guy that's not blocking very well, had an opportunity to catch one of the passes and dropped it. He seems to drop one every single week. It's Eric Ebron for the Steelers. First, the Bengals. He was targeted three times, zero catches, zero yards. And again, with that drop, I put him at number one just because of that, because he had an opportunity to make a play and didn't, and pretty much was just shut out the whole day. And this just can't keep happening. If you're an Eric Ebron owner for fantasy, which you're probably not at this point, you probably dropped him, these drops can't continue because Fearmouth is kind of breathing down his neck and he's producing, and uh, you're going to see Eric Ebron's rule diminishing if he's not able to catch the ball. So he's definitely our number one ghost of the week, and, uh, yeah, really disappointed, and uh, they definitely didn't help your fantasy football team. It's Burke and Mrs. Pickups of the Week. Let's get it started. This is the part you've all been waiting for. This is the pickups of the week. So you're, you're wondering how to make your team legitimate. And if your team's already legitimate, you're looking to make them better. And if they're already better, then you're looking to make them more dominant. So here's some of the moves that you can be looking at. Quarterback, you know, Tyler Heineke. And I give it, you know, I've already mentioned some of the quarterbacks, so I don't bring them up twice as a rule of thumb. So, you know, we're running out of options here. But uh, I like Tyler Heineke's, uh, I like his matchup this week against the Falcons. It's a really bad pass defense. I think it could be a solid play if you have a quarterback that hasn't been performing up to expectations or just has a really bad matchup. You might be able to slide uh, Taylor Heineke in there and, you know, get some points out of him and, and, and be competitive. So he's definitely on the list. He's number three. Number two, oh, and also with Heineke, you can keep him multiple weeks because uh, Fitzmagic's going to be out another, what, four or five weeks. So that gives you some time to, uh, 
you know, to have him on your roster and, and take advantage of some of these matchups. Number two is Jacoby Brissett for the Dolphins. I just don't like Tua, you know, the way I haven't been impressed with him running this offense. I'm more impressed with Jacoby Brissett. I like the way they played against the Raiders. And I, yeah, I like some of the matchups coming up with uh, the Dolphins as well. Not necessarily this week with the Colts, but, uh, yeah, if you have him this week and he has that tough matchup, I, I, I like what he has the rest of the way after that. And, uh, you know, if Tua plays, he's, you know, uh, this is a tough matchup against the Colts. And eventually the Dolphins are going to get desperate to try to win some games. And so usually that entails making a quarterback change. So uh, Jacoby might be a good guy to have and uh, just to be prepared for when that happens because, you know, I, I think it's getting close with the way Tua's not being uh, efficient and the Dolphins keep losing. It's a matter of time. The writing's starting to appear on the wall. Jared Goff, number one pickup. I mean, he's just been playing great football. I never thought the Lions offense was going to be good this year. They've proven me wrong. The defense has been as bad as I, you know, as advertised, but the offense has not. And Jared Goff doesn't have a lot of uh, star players that he's throwing to, household names at receiver, but he's been doing a pretty good job. And I, I think, you know, when he got traded to the Ram or traded from the Rams to the Lions, that uh, everyone thought that, you know, he was just a uh, McVeigh was the one that built him up and couldn't uh, do anything with him and was just kind of dumping him off for spare parts. But he's uh, playing a low, you know, a lot better than what I thought he would, and especially with not a lot around him. Outside of Hawkinson, you know, there's a lot of question marks on this offense. So uh, you really got to give it up for Jared Goff and the job he's doing so far with the Lions. At running back, number three is Peyton Barber for the Raiders. I just liked what I saw from him. Gruden seems to really like him. He's been building him up for a while. They don't like Kenyon Drake as much. You can already tell. He, you know, he, Kenyon Drake's not uh, not taking advantage of his opportunities he's getting. And then Josh Jacobs is hurt. So I really think we're going to start seeing a lot more Peyton Barber. And this could be a thing where he could take over that role eventually if, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs remains injured. Feel like you're going to start seeing Kenyon Drake phased out more and more. Peyton Barber's going to go right in there and be the guy, and you kind of want him on your team when that happens. So I'm actually, I like Peyton Barber more than some of the other guys I have listed higher that are going to be the two and one just because of that. Like, I, I think it's a good long term investment that's going to pan out for you. It's a bigger risk, and that's why I'm at number three, but uh, it's a risk that pays off, has a lot. Uh, higher upside than these other two. Number two is the Zach Moss for the Bills. And the Bills just don't run the ball very much or very well. Devin Singletary's not much of a, a running back. I mean, he's a great receiving running back, but he's not a guy that you're going to give the ball to 20 times a game. But Zach Moss is the type of guy you can give it to 20 times a game. He kind of had a disappointing rookie season, but I, you know, he, he's being incorporated more into the offense after he missed the first week of the season. And I think he's worth stashing on a roster, especially with, uh, you know, how tough it is to find quality running backs in, in fantasy football. I think Zach Moss is a good pickup here. And then, of course, number one is uh, Chubba Hubbard for the Panthers. 
He's uh, with McCaffrey being hurt. He's going to get the majority of the uh, the volume and the carries for this Panthers uh, offense. But uh, don't sleep on Royce Freeman. I think Royce Freeman's a decent play, and it's not necessarily just going to be the Chubba Hubbard show all day. But uh, he's definitely has the highest upside and and potential for that volume. So you want to snatch him up, especially with as much as the uh, the, the Panthers like to use their running backs. Not you know not just obviously running, but uh, in the passing game as well. At wide receiver, my number three uh, wide receiver is Hunter Renfro for the Raiders. You know, he's a slot receiver. He's not fancy or flashy. Doesn't always make the big play. But he, got, he had a touchdown last week. He's targeted a lot. Derek Carr really likes him. And uh, he's a tough cover in that slot position. So it's, it's going to be the fourth weekend of the season. He's been relevant pretty much all year. It's time to pick him up. I mean, it's time. It's just time. Number two, Emmanuel Sanders for the Bills. He's kind of sliding into that other receiver role opposite Stephon Diggs. With all the attention Diggs is getting, that's really going to open up things for Emmanuel Sanders. Beasley is starting to come around, so, I mean, that just, I think, helps Emmanuel Sanders with as much as the Bills pass the ball. There's enough for all of them. You need to pick him up. And some people already had him, but they probably dropped him after his bad start to the season. So if he's available, go snatch him up. And then number one, is Josh Gordon for the Chiefs. Now, you're not going to get Josh Gordon. You get him every year, he gets reinstated, you get all excited about him, you pick him up, you get him on your team, just for him to be suspended again or injured or, or not, you know, playing like he thought he was going to be, you know, playing. So he can't possibly, possibly be number one. But he is. I'm, I mean, the talent is there. And I don't want to be the guy that passes up on that talent, thinking it's going to be the same old Josh Gordon when he could potentially be a difference maker. And the Chiefs need that second receiver. But Cole Hardman has been a little disappointing uh, since his rookie year. I don't like, you know, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle are okay guys, but they're not, uh, you know, they're not starting type receivers. Josh Gordon could be a difference maker in this offense, especially with Patrick Mahomes giving him the ball. There's just a lot to like about that whole situation. So I'm going to take the chance on Josh Gordon and, and, and pick him up. At uh, tight end, number three is Dan Arnold. And the reason why I have him on here is because he just got traded to the Jaguars from the Panthers. He wasn't getting targeted much for the Panthers. The Jaguars love using the tight end. They just didn't really have a lot of good ones that were going to get you fantasy points. Dan Arnold could be that guy. And especially with the Jaguars playing from behind so much, there's the potential for a lot of targets and volume for him. So I think it's worth taking a chance on. So, you know, pick him up. And uh, especially now with how bad the tight end positions are league-wide the last couple weeks. I mean, it's just been just what, a cesspool of just nothing from the tight end position. So why not take a chance on Dan Arnold and his new uh, environment and situation that he's in with the Jaguars. Number two is Evan Ingram for the Giants. I didn't like him going into the season. Uh, I just, you know, he's going to get volume, and especially now, like I said, the tight end position's been so bad. I I think with his talent, it's worth taking a shot at him, and he's going to get the targets, so... You know, it depends on what he does with them. I, I think he's worth the pickup. But then our number one tight end is Tyler Conklin for the Vikings. You know, you, we kept saying Chris Herndon, Chris Herndon, Chris Herndon. He's going to be the guy. 
and it hasn't happened yet. Tyler Conklin just had eight targets in a game and, you know, had the number one uh, week for all tight ends in week three. So Vikings like to use the tight ends, and if Conklin's going to be the main guy, he's going to be the main guy. So definitely worth picking him up, and uh, he could maybe be a sneaky play if, uh, you know, Chris Herndon isn't taking over that uh, tight end spot. So... There you have it. Those are our pickups of the week. NFL preview alert. Let the games begin. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is not the same old Cincinnati Bengals. I really like this offense. It's you know, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase has just been a fantasy football machine this year so far. Tyler Boyd is just solid and consistent. T. Higgins has been hurt, but uh, overall, you know, he's been a big component of this offense. I, I just like this offense. I like the Bengals. Jaguars are, you know, they're one of the worst teams in football right now. Trevor Lawrence is learning on the job. Bengals defense, who what I thought was going to be really bad, has actually been playing pretty decent so far this season. So that's been a big surprise for me. Bengals are favored by seven and a half points. Usually that's way too steep for me, but I'm taking the Bengals and giving up the seven and a half points. I think they win by more than that, especially them being at home. But uh, the over-under is 45.5. I'm taking the under on this. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. It's uh might be for the Bengals, but not for the Jaguars. I'm starting, man, I'm starting Joe Burrow, of course. I'm starting Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase. Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins is probably going to be sitting out of this one. You know, he's still not practicing, so I find it really hard for, you know, for me to think that he's going to be playing in this one. But then I like Auden Tate. I think if Auden Tate comes in and replaces him, he can have a good game, so I'd be starting him. And then I'm, you know, obviously sitting T. Higgins because he's probably not going to play. And uh, C.J. Azuma at tight end. I just, Bengals don't use their tight end very much. And with those receivers, they don't really need to. So I'm sitting Azuma in this one. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, however, I'm uh, I'm starting James Robinson. I liked what I saw last week. And I think Carlos Hyde's going to continue to start getting uh, less volume. And James Robinson's really going to... uh, be the start working as kind of the the back he was last year with the receptions and the you know running between the tackles and he really can do it all so there's there's no need for Carlos Hyde to you know unless he's giving uh, James Robinson a breather and in this matchup against the Bengals I just really like this play DJ Chark Marvin Jones I just like both of these guys as well I think both of these quarter or sorry both of these wide receivers can have a really good game Marvin Jones was disappointing last week but uh, really, you, you gotta like his production so far for the Jaguars, and DJ Chark is really inconsistent. But again, in this matchup, I really like him, and I like this matchup for him. I'm sitting Trevor Lawrence, just rookie quarterback. I, I'm still not sold on him. I don't think he's been a start all year. Definitely not gonna be a, a top twelve play. So he he's definitely on someone that I, I wouldn't be starting. Carlos Hyde again, volume I think decreases. LaVisca Chenault, I'm at the point where I'm benching him. He needs to show me something. 
uh, even with good matchups where I think he's going to be having a, a pretty good game, he hasn't, you know, met my expectations. So I'm kind of out on him right now, and he needs to be on the bench. And then all the tight ends for the Jaguars, you know, they just traded for Arnold. I, I think it's too early for him to just come in and have a monster uh, game on a short week. And uh, obviously, uh, Shaganesi is on the IR. So I, yeah, I'm just, I'm not feeling the Jaguars. Man hurts. I mean, is what he's starting right now. Hollister's on the other side. Just bench all of them. You don't know who it's going to be, and none of them have good matchups in this one. So I'm intrigued by this game because the Bengals can go off to a 3-1 start, which will be the first time in a long time, and really be relevant in the AFC North after, uh, after this one. And again, I think it happens because Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm not that impressed with them. And on a short week, I just don't think they have a prayer. We have red paint. Let's go paint the barn red. You're listening to the Miz the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. This concludes our week three recap. We'll be back at it in a couple days to go over our week four preview, give you all our picks, who to start, who to sit, to win your fantasy football week four matchups. And you can find us on Spotify, Google, Apple, all the major podcast applications. Like us, review us, give us a comment. Please be nice. But until then, cheers. Cheers.